church, family, theology, news, entertainment, evangelism. If it's Christian, then we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast. What is going on, everyone out there? This is Mike Charleston, your host, and today I am with uh, Sarah Charleston, my wife, and Larry Grimm is actually on the on the phone line too. So there's three of us joining us today. So uh, hopefully it will make sense, and uh, everything will work out today. I, I think every, all the connections are on. I think so. They can't can hear you. Hear you. Me? Yes, I can hear you. My wife did her shoulder shrug, and I'm like, you can't hear okay. that on on a podcast. <laughs> But uh, silent laughs don't really work and shoulder shrugs don't really work when you're doing audio. Uh, so, Larry, what is going on, I, man? I gave you a thumbs up. You gave me a thumbs up? Sweet. So there you go. <laughs> so what's going on, man? I haven't really talked to you that much this week. Uh, so yeah. what is going on? Well, we got we got a bit of exciting news. Not, not for me, but Jenna uh, Kate. Oh. She started getting um, furniture and flipping it. Like uh, she bought, it, well, she didn't buy it. She got it for free, a, an old bed frame, the headboard and footboard. So when she flips and it, h- how high does she flip it? Well, <laughs> it just depends on the weight of it. That's right. <laughs> No, so she's take she's take she's basically reclaiming these things and making new items out of them, right? Right. So she she took this headboard and footboard and converted it into a bench. Right. I saw that one. And it, I showed her how to use the tools and stuff, and it turned out really nice. So it was beautiful. A lady actually, yeah, she sold it. The, they're going to deliver it now. Wow. So oh, so wow. how can you tell me how much? I a hundred dollars. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Wow, not bad for free things. Yeah. 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 Well, cool for her. So she she got she got it for free. She had to sand it down and all that. And then I helped her uh, put it together and showed her how to use the sprayer to paint it and all that. Sure. So, well, it and looks like we had some extra some wood and stuff. So some extra. Well, that's good. Turned out real nice. Yeah. Well, sweet. So yeah, you guys missed her. Uh, not Hurricane Fred. Fred. It's, it is tropical storm. Fred. It kind of went a little west of you guys. Is it raining there? It is always raining at your house when we're doing a podcast, and it's about to, the power's about I, to go out. So, is it raining? I know. No, I, it may be sprinkling a little bit. It did. <laughs> we did have a quite a lightning show here uh, about twenty minutes before we started this. Wow. So. Okay, I just missed it. Well, if we would have recorded at a normal yeah. time, we would have would have we wouldn't have missed it. But today has been a crazy day. It was a long day of work, and we are recording in the worst time slot. It is hot in here. The sun is beating down on these windows, and it is it's a little toasty in here, isn't it? Just a little. Just a little <laughs> bit. So anyway, I'll tell you what's been going on a little bit. Uh, first, we'll get away the the nonsense. So you know that we are. Our family and the Tate family, we're, we're joined forces to do music at our, our camp coming up here. And when I was a couple weeks ago at a camp, I saw this family. They were doing the music, and they had this 8-year-old kid 
doing drums on this pad. It, w- it wasn't like an electric drum kit. It was just a pad. Uh, it was a drum drum kit pad. I'm, I'm guessing Josh was probably going to correct me later, but uh, using drumsticks on it and hitting it. And I said, man, that would be kind of cool. You know, in our circles, drums are like the devil. So we, we were yeah. trying to introduce them slowly. <laughs> and uh, so maybe a pad subtly in the background. Uh, no, I, but last year I played the cajon and I'm not very good at, if you don't know what a cajon is, it's like an acoustic, t- it's a box, it's a music box. And you can, you can drum on this box to kind of give you a little bit of bass and a little bit of a snare type feel. And so I play that. I'm not very good at it, but it's no one else is good at it either. Unless Jesse comes and uh, he's pretty good. Right. Um, so I've been experimenting this week. I've, I got, so I ordered one and I found a used one cause they're kind of expensive. I found a used one and I've been practicing and let me tell you something, Larry, I am no good. I'm terrible. So yeah, I don't know. If, I, I got five more weeks to, to, to practice and five weeks probably isn't enough. Five years probably isn't enough. So, uh, really? you found, you found, you haven't found your rhythm yet. I have not found my <laughs> rhythm yet. That is absolutely true. So I'm so going to, are you going to become a drummer now? You're going to let your hair grow real long and get your ears pierced. Oh no, I'm going to be one of those modern drummers. You know, the, the modern drummers don't oh, have yeah. to look all that, but, uh, you know, you, gotta chicks, grow, you have to grow a beard. Well, that's you know, our, like a, you know, a cool beard. Like what do they call it? Yeah. A cool beard. Yeah. Well, I'm already got one of those. So, uh, well, that's true. Yeah. Know. Chicks dig, chicks dig the, the drummers. So, uh, <laughs> I, except for when it's a drum pad, it's not as cool if it's a drum pad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, but anyway, the other news happened today and that, that has, uh, been a, uh, a crazy, crazy day. So we get a call. I get a call from my wife at nine o'clock this morning or something like that. And usually when she calls me that early, he says, what's the bad news? Yeah, that's bad news. Right. (laughs) And it was bad news. So I'm not sure if you've heard, but Abigail and Rebecca are on their way to Pennsylvania and they broke down in Ohio. The car engine just blew. Basically it's got a hole in the, in the engine block. And so it is, it's going to take about $2,500 to fix it. And they're probably not going to fix it. No, probably not. So they had to find alternative methods to get to Pennsylvania, which wasn't a problem. They're there, but now we got to figure out what to do with the car. Yeah, they made it. They're there. And, um, they, they got to figure out what to do with the car and how to get home. That's the, that's yeah. what we're working on. So I think we can get them to Kentucky. And then from there, we've got a, we, you know, Abigail was like, well, we can just go to Nashville and fly. I was like, well. But they have a lot of stuff. Cause I kept telling him, you have plenty of space, pack whatever you want in your car. You can bring extra oh, blankets yeah. and oh, guitars oh, oh, and whatever. <laughs> so, oh, oops. No. Yep. So two young ladies traveling across country without Jeremiah and look what happens. So like he could have helped a blown. No, but he, no, but Jeremiah is a problem solver. So he could have figured out. So you feel so hopeless when you're back here, you know, you're a thousand miles away 
and you just hear the news and you're like, I don't know what to do. I can't get up there. Fortunately, we have friends up there. She was there. They were staying at your sister's house. Yeah. So they were like two miles away from her house when they were they just taking it. off and oh. oil was all over the place. So who knows what oh, we still are trying to figure out. It's hard to figure out what happened when you don't see the car. You haven't, we haven't looked at the engine. Right. So yeah. the other mechanics there are looking at it and are saying that it, someone said it was a blown head gasket and we're like, no, Jeremiah thinks it kind of threw a rod. Either way, there's a hole in the engine block. I don't know much about cars. That doesn't sound very good. No, 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 that's pretty much done. Uh, new motor. Yes. At and this point, was a, a cheap car anyways. So, oh, well, wow. And I guess, uh, from where they're at, Uber would be very expensive. <laughs> Uber would be, well, over there, uh, they, they need to uh, get the Amish and get the horse buggy rides. So. <laughs> Maybe that's cheaper. That might be cheaper. <laughs> it might be way cheaper and way slower. So, but anyway, they, they, you know, they seem to have pretty good attitudes. They're, Rebecca, you got to love Rebecca. She is, she's a lot like me. So she is, she just, whatever we'll figure it out it doesn't matter we'll it'll all work out and to her credit it does work out sometimes most of the time yeah it's just because not because of what she does <laughs> so, but uh but no though we've got plenty of help up there uh there's there's we got friends in the area it's nice to have friends all over the country so uh we're, we're, yeah. we're trying to, to to figure it out we don't have that many in pennsylvania uh, if we do, they don't have cell phones. So <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was surprised when we were at the Ohio Day of Fellowship. Right. And all the Amish people with, they're in their horse and buggy with their cell phones. Oh, well, that's, that's it, a, can you text and drive at that point? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> but that was so weird. It's like, wait, you have a cell phone, but you don't, you have a horse and carriage. Well, hey, my, my boss, he he went to Tanzania or Uganda or both places. But one of the places where the Maasai people are, these people are, are very, very traditional African people. And they don't have any electricity. They have their huts. They're nomadic people. And he said it's the most bizarre thing. He said they have no electricity in their, their little communities. But what they have is a huge generator in the center, and everyone plugs their <laughs> cell phones in the middle of the town. So they got to do business, man. That is bizarre. So That's yeah, nothing, funny. nothing exciting except for my kids being stranded in Ohio somewhere, and uh, uh, and then me trying to be a drummer, and um, I am not a drummer. So I'm trying to convert one of my little girls uh, into being a drummer, but I don't think they really want to do it. Maybe They've already got well, the long the hair. Here, I, well, that's right. Not the beard, Bill. Christmas, though. you can always play. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> so. No, I was going to say, at Christmas, you can always play the little drummer boy. We could. I, I par up a pum pum, me and my drum. But we'll, we'll try. I, I'm, got, I'm trying to get a little bit better. Well, look, I'm not, we're not going to do anything complicated. Like I said, in, our, in, in, in this camp, it's very conservative, so we're not going to, like, do a bunch of crashing symbols. We just want to keep a beat, and um, I'm not very good at that right now I, with, with the pads. Well, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Okay. 
you're going to surprise everybody. You're going to get up there and you're going to just break out in a drum solo. And <laughs> I could do that because it's, 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 a, it's a drum pad, right? So I could just hit one of the buttons right. and it'll be pre-programmed and I could just start hitting things and no one would know <laughs> that it's already pre-programmed and be like, wow, he knows what he's doing. And, uh, like, yeah, no. So no. Well, yeah. anyway, we got a, we got an interesting program for you today. This might be the worst program because I am tired. It's hot. Uh, we don't really have much of a plan. Uh, but Larry wants to, I actually don't know what he's going to do, but when we come back, he's going to kind of, well, he'll explain what he's going to do. He's going to ask some questions and almost like an interview us in a certain, so I have no idea. Right. What he, I, literally, yeah. I don't know what he's going to call. We got a couple uh, question too. So anyway, let's go ahead and get out of here, Joshua. And then we'll come back with our next segment and Larry will be the star of the show. You're listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast. All right, we are back, and this will be uh, an interesting little segment. I don't know exactly where we're going. We've been covering different things. Oh, by the way, you know, this is kind of, I wanted to, I should have done this in the first segment. Joshua, go over here to this tab. Uh, you see that tab over here? Um, and then go over here to the dashboard. And this is, I thought this was interesting. You might, you might think it's interesting, Larry. Uh, scroll down here. The, I wanted to show, we have a number of listeners all over the world. And so really? th when you do a podcast, you have some of these analytics that you get feedback on. Now we don't have a bunch of listeners around the world, but, and, and with VPNs these days, if you don't know what a VPN is, it doesn't matter. So if with VPNs these days, people can seem like they're in different places. So it's hard to tell how legitimate this is. However, we've got a number of people in the United States listening. That's, that's not the shocker, but, uh, we have some in the Philippines, Australia, United Kingdom, Nambia, Canada, South Africa, Zambia, the Netherlands, New Zealand, and Spain. How about that, man? Wow. Yeah, you're being listened to all over. I wonder if that's uh, Rick. Well, click on Philippines. Yeah, well, it says Metro Manila, so it could be. Uh, I think he's in Manila. Not sure. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I don't. maybe because they did move recently. Yeah, I don't know where they are in the Philippines, but no, it's it's kind of cool. You can you can find uh, where your city, uh, what part of the the country they're you're listening in. Anyway, get back to uh, this That's is cool. yeah, this is this is going to be kind of Larry's segment this time. So uh, Larry is going to go ahead and Larry. What are you doing? Yes, that's what we kind of want to know. <laughs> you you kind of threw this by us, and we're like, okay, let's go with this idea. It, it sounded like a pretty cool idea, but honestly, I don't know how to convey that. So what did you kind of want to do? Well, I, I just figured, you know, some people, because we've, we've known you guys for a long time, and there's, but I figured some of the people that listen might want to know a little bit more about you guys in a fun way. Well, I got some fun questions and then some kind of serious ones. Okay. So, um, well, I think it'll be fun. Well, shoot, let's go ahead. I brought my wife in because I thought 
she could add to it. Uh, she she remembers my life better than I remember my life, probably. So wow, you would really say that? Huh? No, probably not, because I have a pretty good memory. <laughs> yeah, you do. But uh, but no, well, she, so she does order my food for me. And not really, but she does remember all the food that I like. So I'm like, what do I like here? And then she says, you like that you order this all the time. So I'm like, okay, that's probably true. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. Chicken salad sandwiches. Hey. <laughs> well, he's not getting any of those this month. That is so. a story for, so, oh, oh, by the way, the diet is going very well. Um, I think I'm down to 150. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm probably at 167. But like I told my wife, I am constantly hungry. And so it's fine. It is amazing how much flour and sugar we consume. But and to be fair, you say you're hungry and yeah. you don't finish what I give you. That is true. Eat, I, I don't so. eat all of the food. But uh, if it's well, on my plate, I eat it. Okay. Yeah. But in my lunch, I, I'm, I'm just busy working. I don't usually eat all my lunch. <laughs> So I got to drink more yeah. than uh, eat more this time of year. But anyway. Well, yeah, that's for sure. So, that's all right, let's go ahead. Okay. And this is definitely Larry. Larry's time. What are you doing? So, so some of these will be for each of you. Some will be together. But, oh. uh, we'll start out with a kind of a, a fun one, maybe for so you can both answer separately. Should we have one. like like certain kind of music in the background going, like a <laughs> trivia question type thing? No, well, if you want to. I no, mean, okay. Well, Josh was okay, in charge so of all that. Here's the question. Yeah. Here's the question. So, what is a talent you have that people might be surprised to learn? Well, babe. Oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a tough one because hmm. we're not very talented. Now I can think of. I can think of two, one for both of you guys. But, wow. But you might know you our life better than I don't us. Answer, I don't want to answer for you. Okay, well, you can give your Unless answer you later. Uh, yeah. A talent that I have that most people don't know. Yeah. Well, I think you already gave it away. You talked about your drumming. <laughs> my drum, my music and my drumming. I, I, do play, I do play with guitar, and but people know that. Most people don't know that I, I am an artist, that I draw, I paint. Uh, I don't really do that currently, but uh, my interests, before I went to Bible college, I wanted to go into art school, and I wanted to be a graphic designer, and so I enjoy I, I enjoy desktop publishing. If you know what desktop publishing is, that is a thing that is going to be a foreign language here pretty soon, but uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed the, you know, artsy stuff like that so that's that's kind yeah. of i'm not really talented in that i'm better than most well, but i'm not very talented like my consultant's family is a lot more talented in that area than i am i think you're still yeah, pretty good still, yeah. yeah you're you're the ones the pictures you showed me were amazing so well those are the ones i bought at like, the mall babes. oh <laughs> <laughs> So, Larry, was that what you were going to pick for him? Absolutely. Oh, okay. okay. That's funny. Okay. What yeah, about it, you, babe? So, well, Mike, you you also, you, you specialize kind of in pens and colored pencils, right? Uh, well, yes. I, I, I don't like to paint so much, even though the ones I have hanging on my wall are watercolor. And, uh, but I do like to just mess around. And I thought it's challenging to do pens because Pen is unforgiving, and so I I, I drew with pens, and uh, I really enjoyed that. But I, I do have a bunch of colored pencils, 
and I, I enjoyed that. I tried to have a, a picture done uh, for that little uh, guest room that we were making upstairs and right. to put it in there and I didn't quite finish it and it just sat. And so it's still sitting and waiting for me to be done. But I, I, I really, and that's colored pencil and that it's a hard picture to do because it's a Harbor out in the ocean somewhere and reflections and sky and clouds are hard to do. You in showed me pencil. that. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. You showed me that. That's tough. But yeah, that's, that's probably like a hidden talent that most people don't know. And is that a question yeah. for Sarah? Sarah doesn't have many talents. Oh, <laughs> no. I really can't think of a talent that people wouldn't like. I don't know. Your talents are obvious. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not talented like that. She's a good cook. That's pretty talented. Yeah, but people know that. Yeah. They come well, here all true. the time. So that's kind of. Yeah. I well, uh, okay. I'll, oh. I'll answer this for you. Okay. Then. You are like a master at board games. Oh, wow. Oh, that actually did cross my mind, but I thought, ooh, I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> board game genius. And, and Yeah. And for the record, you know, we, you guys pick games like that are like. Beyond, I'm I'm at the shoots and ladders, of <laughs> Candyland. We do European <laughs> games, yes. We like the complicated ones. You're at the, yeah, you're at the MIT level, and I'm. Uh, we just like <laughs> so, games like Puerto Rico and uh, what was that? The Castles of Burgundy, and uh, Carcassonne, and. But there are certain ones that if I play, I usually do win. Like Power Grid, I pretty much always win that. See, Ticket Larry, to ride. Now you're gonna start an, an argument here, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is, it is amazing. Like you pick up on these, they're complicated games. Well, that's what YouTube's and, for. And Abigail. Yeah. Well, so yeah, it but, takes, it takes some time though, to really get a handle on them for sure. Yeah. Like the one game you gave us, Agricola, uh, it took us a long time yeah. to figure that one out. But, but anyway, uh, what's your next one here? Well, the, well, the other thing with the games is, and I, I don't think people would know this about Sarah is, you're, you can be, you're tough oh. <laughs> when it comes to playing games. We're serious. Well, that's because of who yeah. I live with. Everybody's. Have you seen my kids? They are all <laughs> right. viciously competitive, except for Joshua. Joshua is like the other end of the spectrum. Joshua is a wimp. He's just like, dude, if I lose, whatever. He tries oh, to, he, he tries to lose. That. He's just nice. He's like, oh, you want, you want me to give you those resources? Okay. I'm like, yeah. you can't just give yeah. them to people. Well, we're playing Gaga ball. Our kids are like diving all over the place, getting splinters, trying to be the final. <laughs> Josh was out the first hit, you know, <laughs> yeah. but everyone else is very, very competitive. I don't know where they got that from hmm. anyway. <laughs> okay. So on the same note about kind of things people may not know, this is for Sarah. Oh, so could you tell the audience about your time in jail? Oh, oh wow. My goodness. <laughs> You're going to go there, huh? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, so when I was 13, my family was involved with Operation Rescue that had come to Baton Rouge. And so we would go to the abortion clinic every day and spend hours out there. And there were, at the time, like thousands of people in the streets. And I mean, there were, it was just a huge, huge thing that was happening. And so several rescues had been organized. And so... I wanted to be part. I don't really remember like conversations with my parents if we talked about it or I'm, I'm sure we did. But they did lock you up in the closet a couple of times. Oh, so, okay, no. Anyway, so um, I was 
I crossed the line once with a group of people with a planned rescue, and so I was arrested. And then um, a few weeks later, they planned another rescue, and this time we had handcuffs, and we were supposed to handcuff ourselves to the door of the abortion clinic. And so I was actually handcuffed to my mom, and then because it was groups of us, and never made it to the door, and they carried us off, and they actually took me to the juvenile detention center, and so I was there for a day, and um, all alone. They told me I'd never see my parents again, but. Anyway, I went to court by the end of the day, and they released me. And no, your parents just told you that. You'll never see them again. They, oh. <laughs> so I was on probation after that, and uh, the rescues kind of went away after that, and I stayed um, out of jail. So. Yeah, well, you didn't ask me about my experience in jail. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. This was a new one on me. Well, I, I've, I've only been in jail one time, and that was... Uh, for uh, SUM, we we had to go to uh, what what was the place called? LTI, yeah. LTI, yeah. and we went there to minister. So I I was not in jail for anything bad. I I wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't that bad. No, it was different kind of convictions. Compared to your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in jail for for the right convictions and uh, not the wrong convictions. <laughs> No, I, I I figured not a lot of people know that about you, Sarah. So yeah. no, no, now that. the world knows. Thank you. <laughs> now Nambia knows. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Mike, did you know you married a jailbird? Oh yeah, I knew. I knew we had yeah. we okay. had this discussion before, and uh, <laughs> that was all right. Yeah, I, I felt like I had street cred uh, at that point. So yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so. This is along the same lines, but this is for you, Mike. Okay. Some people may not know that you're kind of a sports fan. Mm. Not, not big, but you you like hockey. I, yeah, people down here don't know what that is, so quiet. Shh. Well, that's true. Right? <laughs> so, so how long have you been a Tampa Bay Lightning fan? Oh, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the answer would be never. But so, so I grew up. I grew up, uh, like we talked about earlier, I, I'm very competitive. My dad, uh, he didn't like push me, but we were definitely a sports family. We, he let me just play all the sports. I, I, any sport, uh, if it was on TV, I didn't care if it was ping pong or basketball or football, whatever it was, I would watch it. I wanted to watch competition. And I would figure out the rules of the game and want to play. And I played, I played everything. And when I got saved, I gave up pretty much all sports. Uh, baseball was my main sport to play, and I gave that up in '94, no problems. And and so all the other sports, kind of, I kind of lingered around. The only sport I really even pay attention to anymore is hockey. My dad played hockey, and uh, so he was a hockey player. I used to be at the rink in Indiana a good bit. And, uh, yeah. just the, the, the sport is, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's rough. It's, it's graceful. It's, it's, it's funny to watch people on skates and they are, the speed of it is amazing. And oh, so yeah. my dad was a Boston Bruins fan. So I am a Boston Bruins fan and my kids yeah. are Boston Bruins fans and we hate the lightning. So <laughs> yes, I just had to bring that up. No. Who won the Stanley Cup this year? Was yeah, that's funny. Oh, yeah, it was the lightning. Yeah, the last two years, right, right. So anyway, next question. No, <laughs> no I, you know, I'm not a big sports fan either, but hockey is, I love watching it because 
did you ever play hockey? No, my dad tried to get me to play when I was younger. And I know this is going to shock everyone, but I'm a wuss when it comes to cold weather. And (laughs) so we would go outside and it wasn't like we'd go to the rink. We were going outside and he wanted me to be a goalie and he would take shots on me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is not fun. And so by the time I really wanted to play, it was almost too late. Like when I was 14 or 15, Uh, so I, I played some pond hockey and that's fun, but nothing organized by, by any stretch, which is probably pretty good because right. those guys are probably vile. So, uh, yeah, the, oh, yeah. the baseball guys, we call them dirt bags because that's what they are. And, uh, all the other yeah. sports probably have their, their, their fill. It's, it's filthy. I, I didn't want my yeah. kids playing sports. So that's why my kids aren't no. very good at sports. Uh, until lately they, they are playing volleyball now and, and that's cool. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Okay. That's, you know, hockey, skating on ice, it's just, a, it's not easy. And to watch those guys just to turn on a dime like they do is just amazing. No, it's pretty cool. So it's a lot of, yep. yeah. All righty. So uh, now more kind of, that was all fun stuff. Uh, well, we'll get a little more serious now. Okay. But, um, so, <laughs> well, just, but, well, okay. So we'll, but no, we'll we're not sponsored by me undies. So no, we're not sponsored. So <laughs> don't talk about me undies. Um, how how did you end up in Louisiana? So you just said you you grew up in Indiana, right? So I got saved when I was seventeen and uh, felt called to the ministry. You know, whatever that meant at the, at that time in my seventeen year old brain. Uh, I had been one of the first books I read when I got saved was no. No Compromise by Keith Green. And if you haven't read the oh, book, yeah. I encourage everyone out there to read that book. It, it's, I don't necessarily agree with his theology anymore, but he was a, a musician that died in a plane wreck, but he was very passionate, very controversial, and he just did things differently. And I appreciated that. And I wanted to do ministry kind of like that, but I just didn't know how to do it. And everyone's telling me to go to Bible college. So I I ended up going to Minnesota to go to North Central Bible College. And while I was there, one of my friends from back home found a school in New Orleans that was more geared to what I wanted to do, and it was cheaper. So it sounded like an easy fit. So I left Minnesota and come to Louisiana, and I got stuck. And so I, I went to New Orleans for about a year and a half two years, something like that. And then, um, I was helping a friend start a church in Baton Rouge and my wife is from Baton Rouge. So we just stayed and, uh, yeah, I I like it down here. So that's, that's how I ended up in Louisiana. I've been down here longer than anywhere else. So I'm a Cajun now. (laughs) You you need to work on the accent. (laughs) Well, if you live in Baton Rouge, you know that no one really has an accent. Uh, Baton Rouge is a melting no, pot. True. You yeah, got to go to Lafayette or New yeah. Orleans, and then, uh, or or people who don't yeah, have an education. Or a south of New Orleans. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Sarah, I know your mom and dad are from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Did, Wisconsin. <laughs> were you from Wisconsin, or did you? Were you guys? Were you born in Louisiana? No, I was born in Wisconsin, and Milwaukee. Uh, that's what I thought. And then. Moved around a little bit to Washington, then back to Wisconsin. And then when I was seven, I moved down to Louisiana and have been here ever since. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, what brought your parents down to, to Louisiana from? We don't like to talk about this, but uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was fleeing from the police, and Stop. no, okay. no. Um, actually, my my dad wanted to go to Jimmy Swaggart's Bible College, and felt he's always wanted to be in ministry, and felt like that was where God was directing him. So they packed us all up and came down, and he went for, I think, a semester, and then ended up not continuing and not finishing that, but. We ended up staying here since then. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, and you ended up going to the same school where you met Mike. And yep. so what were you going to school there for? Her um, MRS degree. I wanted to get married. No, <laughs> no, I really, I wanted to be a missionary <laughs> and I really liked foreign missions and didn't really care about urban ministry in America because I felt like we had too many churches here already. But I, I heard about the school and prayed about it and just felt like, well, let me, I I felt like it's what God wanted me to do. So I went and then I met Mike and yeah. And then day one, she saw me and said, yes, amen. Now I I knew why God wanted me here. (laughs) (laughs) The answer was revealed. Yeah. Of course the day, when the first day of school, I I had longer hair and I looked like a hippie or something. Yeah, you did. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) That's funny. I'd like to see you with long hair. Oh, you know, well, we'll have to come back to this, but um, because you reminded me too about foreign missionaries and you never really went on the foreign field, but you guys did do some, well, you and Sarah both. Oh, not together, but Sarah was all over the world. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, didn't you, you went to Mexico too, right? Or was it? I did. I went to Mexico, but not for a missions trip, but Sarah went to, you No, I meant... I went to, I went to Nicaragua and Guatemala and El Salvador Nicaragua. and Romania as a teenager. So like during the summer, I'd always take trips sometimes by myself. I went with my sister once for two months to Guatemala and then other things were just with church trips. So, right. and, and I loved okay. it. Yeah. I forgot all about that, but I was thinking you guys did some ministry in your area to, I guess you call them refugees. Oh, the refugees that were from... Yeah. Uh, Burma, which is now oh, Myanmar, Burma. right, and right. Bhutan, Bhutan, which really they were from. They Nepal. were from. They were from Bhutan, but they were refugees in Nepal, and then they came over to America. And uh, yeah, we did that for like a year here, here in our own town. Yeah, Baton Rouge isn't really set up and for how refugees. Did you find out a- yeah, no. <laughs> how do we find out about that? I'm not sure. Yeah. I really forget. We were just kind of looking for opportunities because we wanted to do ministry as a family, not just kind of keep our kids at home. And somehow we found out this, 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 because uh, your parents lived not too far from the, where the refugees, refugees right. were living. Right. And so we must've just found out. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, at least you got a chance to sort of be foreign missionaries, but you didn't have to go anywhere. No, uh, no. So funny story though, is that Sarah would kind of work with the Burmese and I would kind of work with the Nepalese people. And we bought a bunch of good and evils, some in Burmese and some in uh, Nepalese. And so we, we go pass them out and the Nepalese, I handed to them and he can't read. I, that, that's your elitist oh. American for you thinking that everyone can read their own language. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they couldn't read. So I was like, oops, sorry. 
So here we are trying to teach them English. They can't even read their own language. And uh, so I was like, oh, man, this is just a nightmare. But uh, they ended up moving yeah, to Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so now this sort of segues into, like, your journey to about the church. Because Bible college wanted to be some type of min- in some type of ministry. Sure. And then now we just did a whole series of podcasts about the institutionalized church and big problems there. Right. So how did you arrive at those conclusions? So um, I was in Bible college, and to be a minister, to be a pastor of, of a church, the one of the professors there, was an, he was an adjunct professor, so he wasn't getting paid. Uh, his name was Mike Indest. He's, he's a guy that's, that's from New Orleans. He lives on the North Shore now. But uh, he, he kind of challenged us in our, our class. He was teaching us uh, past, the pastoral epistles. The, um, uh, and we were going to pass the class no matter what. He gave us an open book test. He gave us the final on the first day. And he just said he wanted us to think. And so he challenged us on a lot of issues like where in the Bible is youth groups? Where in the Bible is the one man pastor leading a church? Where is, where's the singing service? Where is, you know, he just challenge us on all these the issues. Where's children's church in the scriptures? And he, he wasn't saying that it's not necessarily wrong or bad or good. He just said, if we're going to do everything by the Bible, then show us. And I'm like, man, you're killing us here, man. <laughs> you're struggling. Right. We're, we're struggling here because the stuff's not in there uh, for the most part. And, and so it, it got me on a journey for the next year of just challenging some of the things that I believe about church. And by the time we got married, I was pretty convinced. Now, Sarah took a little bit longer to convince she wasn't quite so sure because her dream is that she would marry a, a pastor and we would have a church or do something overseas and do some kind of ministry together. And so when I'm, I'm talking to her about the church and I think she's listening, you know, she's, she's listening. Of course she's uh, listening. <laughs> right. But uh, it wasn't until Abigail was born that we never went back and and I trying to convince her about the house church and she's just like, eh, I'm not so sure. So I said, well, can we just go to a meeting once? And so we went to a meeting and that was it. That sealed the deal. Right. Yep. Pretty and much. She was convinced after well, that, that. You kind of took the next question because I was going to ask Sarah, did, how did she feel about you coming to these conclusions? Did it kind of happen the same time or was there a, it, not conflict, but, differences of opinion there well be, before she answers I, I will say this uh before she answers not to not to answer her question but we we didn't even finish bible college necessarily we didn't so it was a little bit easier for us to kind of make these decisions because we're just starting out you know if we started learning these things and i've, I've been in the ministry for 20 years it might have been a lot more more difficult but i know sarah was a, a little bit nervous she was scared yeah, well, I I would definitely say you were convinced before I was. And once I went to the first meeting, I realized this is right. And especially after I had been searching, too, for 
the biblical reasons for all the things that I had accepted as part of church that I couldn't find in the Bible. And so, I mean, I was definitely searching, but church had always been such a huge part of my life. I mean, I was in church several days out of every week, every time the doors were open. And I just, it was hard to imagine life without all of that. And I thought, can you still, like, how does that work with your relationship with God when you're not going to church right. all these times. I just thought, well, I don't, I just, I can't imagine what life would be like. But when we went to that first meeting and I just saw people living out what looked like real Christianity and like just sharing what they, what they wanted to share and just seeing the church acting out what the church is supposed to be, what I had been seeing in scripture, it just really all came clear. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is right. So. Yeah, it didn't seem fake at all. The and not that most of my churches that I was a part of weren't necessarily fake, but you you get to know people on a very personal level, and you see what their home life is like. You get to see wh- how their relationship with Christ is, and how you can help minister to these people, and and how they can minister to you. And so it was, it was, uh, it was definitely refreshing. Now I will say this: that um, just on a marriage note, that. Me and Sarah pretty much, Sarah and I, we pretty much agree on most everything. She she wants to be persuaded by by me. I know that sounds very arrogant, but you know, but she she does she she wants to do what I want most of the time. There is a handful of times that we've disagreed on on a direction that we should go, and she willingly just goes with what because someone has to has to lead. And that is me. Right. This was one of those issues that early on in our marriage, uh, this could have been, this could have been pretty bad. And she was willing to trust me. And, uh, well, you bring up a good point because it's kind of another question, but since you brought it up, I'll, I'll, we can put it mm-hmm. in here was I, this more directed towards Sarah, because I know, you have a lot of strong opinions, and you're very well spoken. Who does? Pam always says, like when we go to the sh- Sarah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess because uh, you know it's not like you get up and preach, obviously. Right. <laughs> but like Pam always says, she always says when you speak at in the ladies' group in the shindig and stuff that you are very well spoken, and you just you really know your what you're talking about, and you you handle yourself very well. Um, and I just know that too, from being in your house and, and having conversations with you and Mike and stuff, you, you really do. Like when you just said you want to search the scriptures and you really want to know, you really have a good handle on a lot of these issues. Um, and I don't think, you know, obviously Mike speaks a lot and he, people know his opinions, but oftentimes, they don't really get to hear you speak. No, they don't. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I try to encourage her that a little bit more, but she is, she's very shy. And, and so it, it is kind of shocking well, that from this little mousy lady comes these very <laughs> strong convictions. And, uh, right. So that, that's but part it's of it. Great. It, yeah. And like I said, you, you, know, you really know your subjects and, you well, can articulate it very well. So. It does help that I hear Mike for hours and hours. Well, we talk through <laughs> yeah. everything so much that I really feel well, like like I know what I'm talking about because we talk so much. Like I think that really helps to formulate your thoughts and try to put it all together. Sure. So. I, the, the, I feel sorry. The, the people I feel sorry for is our kids. 
So you've been to our house, but you don't really see us in our daily life. And so when I'm home and we sit around the table and we can sit around the table for an hour, hour and a half easily just talking, but it's generally me talking eventually all the kids yeah. will kind of talk, but then eventually I just kind of take over and I, and, and they're just sitting there listening to me. I can wear people out. And, but when I'm gone, Sarah does that. So I get my turn when yes. he's gone. So the kids, yeah. the kids like to hear me <laughs> preach. Of course, sometimes I can be a little long too. So. Yes. She can be a little long and, and, and we can disagree a little bit, but that's fine. It's uh, but no, that's, she probably talks more than I do when we're at home. Like at the table, yeah, you can go for a while right. and you can get on your little soapbox and <laughs> all the kids know what you believe. Yep. And, uh, but most people out there really don't know. They think that you're just, well, you just do whatever your husband says and you just don't have a mind of your own. Oh no, she's got a mind of her own. That's for sure. Right. And, uh, she's got yeah. very strong convictions, probably stronger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because it, it is true. But, uh, but the other thing is that like you were just saying, like when you guys were kind of coming to these decisions that you had to make, you had to be the lead. Somebody had to be the leader. And that was you. Right. So you took that role. And, and I think and Sarah, you followed yeah. like you should, and you supported Mike and. Yeah. It, and, and she'll say it that worked. was easy so because <laughs> she would probably say it's easy because all my decisions were right, but, uh, that's not true. No, it's not true. But I did quickly, if, if I did make a mistake, I would own up to it really quickly and, and, and go back. Uh, cause most of the time Sarah was right, but, uh, no, it, it's, we hardly ever come to that impasse where we just, cause I don't like to move on unless I can convince her or convince someone of something. I just like, we got to, I want everybody to be in agreement. I want them. Now I will move on like we did with the house church. I just said, no, we're going to try this. But I I talked about it endlessly with you and it shows you in the scriptures and just whatever it was, whether it was homeschooling, uh, whether it was just roles that, that, that I believe that God has designed us to, which wasn't a hard thing to convince you of. I don't even know what we'd really disagree on. I mean, I just remember that was one of them was the house church was kind of scary for you because it was in your first year of marriage. We just had our first kid and our whole plans are changing. And she's like, Whoa, time out. Do you know what you're doing? Are we going to go into rebellion here? Are we going to be a cult? I said, absolutely. Follow me. <laughs> Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> okay. So, well, that brings up another question I had too. Was Sarah? Did you get any backlash from your parents or your from like? Did they feel like you guys were abandoning the church and being rebels? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure in their hearts they probably wondered what we were doing, but they knew that we were very seriously considering all these things that we weren't, we weren't backsliding or just like joining a club. Like they knew we were really passionate about what we, what we believed. And we quickly tried to convince all those around us that you've got to do this because this is the right way. Well, what you don't understand is that whatever I'm talking to Sarah about, we've probably talked to her parents about, we were, we were over at their house a good bit. Uh, they were our Guinea pigs. Like I would try every argument on them first. And, and so all of our discussions 
we were trying to change them too. And uh, <laughs> no, they, they, um, they're, they're very open. My parents couldn't care less because they are a thousand miles away and right. they, um, uh, and, and her parents, uh, there was a couple issues that over the years they were like, what are you doing? But honestly, I think by, by the end of it, they, they knew who I was and that I was a, a pretty seriously minded person. Well, yeah, I think your dad thinks I'm seriously minded. He doesn't know how much I'm joking most of the time. But right. uh, but anyway, no, I, I think they, they knew that we were trying to do what God wanted us to do. And so I think they were pretty cool with that. Yeah. Yep. Okay, one last question. Sweet. Um, and it's, it's the same thing, kind of serious. It's on the same issues. But uh, so on the ideas of marriage and children, did you guys have the same thought process when it came to like homeschooling and how you're going to raise your children, how you're going to discipline them. Heck no. We, we, we were, uh, <laughs> I, we didn't have a plan really. We just, so I didn't know about homeschooling. I mean, I heard of a homeschool family in our, my church in Indiana and they were a little weird, uh, but they were, they were kind of cool homeschoolers. They would, they were into music and they were into hockey, you know, they were into, all kinds of different things, but they, they were still homeschooled. So just a little odd. That's all I ever knew about homeschooling. And then I went to Bible college in new Orleans. That seemed to be the sub, one of the, the professors there homeschooled his kids and kind of the philosophy of homeschooling kind of came through during Bible college where we would talk about those and just, I'm not going to let the government brainwash our kids. I want, I want the culture of what we believe in and we want that to instill into our kids and my wife who wants to have as many kids as possible and wanted to stay home and raise them had no problem nope i was excited i mean i didn't know what i was going to do because i wasn't homeschooled and i only knew one weird family at my church growing up that homeschooled and i didn't really know them well so i had no idea what it would look like but I was excited to do it. And I think from studying scripture, even like with the house church stuff and having an answer for all the things that we do, I think the same with homeschooling, I think as we were right. looking at what the Bible says, instead of just culture and whatever, it's like, well, we, we knew it was what we had to do. So yeah, we knew it was going to take a lot of sacrifice and, but we wouldn't trade it in for the world. And I think the fruit is evident and we have very good kids and they love the lord and they're very well behaved and they're we didn't make robots they are very much individuals they they are all unique and their their gifts and passions are evident and uh, so it's it's i'm it wasn't something that when i was 20 years old i was like you know what i'm gonna have to homeschool my kids i need my wife to stay home it was just one of those things that started coming together all i knew when i married my wife was that she was a godly woman and that she won she was a servant to to all and that was the kind of person that i was looking for i did not know that she was she how how many kids we wanted i knew she wanted kids i didn't know uh, how she felt about homeschooling. I didn't know how she felt about all of these issues. I just wanted to marry a godly woman and I found one. 
And so those, those issues, it's kind of funny when in some of our circles today where they are very specific in what they're looking for in a wife. And I just laugh. I just laugh because I'm like, in five years, you have yeah, no idea where you're going to be. You are, things could change in a heartbeat. And then those, those things that you're concerned about are, is nonsense. It, it's just really nonsense. I mean, I'm not saying they're nonsense. It's, it's, it could be very important, but in the grand scheme of things, you and your wife are going to have to meld together in some way, come together with the scriptures and figure out what you want. And I just see so many guys going around with a checklist and and that they have their heart removed from it. And they're just like, okay, she's a Christian. She's a homeschooler. She knows how to cook. She knows how to cook. Well, she knows you know, how to make her own clothes. She knows how to, you know, and then just go down the line and she wants to be a keeper at home. And all those things are, are nice. Those are fine. And, and in our circles that we're around, there's a lot of godly young ladies. And, yeah. but it, it's just that at the end of the day, like I can, I can sense, I can tell by your heart where you're at, where you are. And if you have a, of a godly heart, you're going to be willing to be open to whatever God wants you to do. And it, you don't need rules to, to tell you how to be godly. Uh, the spirit will guide you in that. So I don't know. Did that answer your question at all? What were you talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're talking we, about how <laughs> Were we on the same page? And, yeah, what do you, you, know, what do you think? Things. Um, I mean, I don't think we really had a plan. It's not like in those five days before we got engaged, we <laughs> talked through those issues. We had no idea. <laughs> but but what we did know is that we both loved Jesus and wanted to do ministry in whatever way that was going to look like, which, you know, at the time we had no idea we'd end up where we are today. Right, but, and that is kind of the one thing I would say is that when we met, we, we had one mind in, in one thing only, and that was Jesus. And, yeah. and that was her mind, and that was my mind. And, and in our minds, I'm saying mind too much, <laughs> but we, everything else would take care of itself. I know that's very shallow, and people are like, well, that's nice. It worked for you, but it, that's a very dangerous method. I'm not suggesting it. I'm just saying that we were working together, and it was just like, well, hey— you are here. I am here. We have the same visions and the same goals in life. Uh, why not partner up? And I'm not. I'm not saying that you you always have to because honestly, Sarah doesn't have all those same interests in, in that I do. She she couldn't care less about sports, which is actually pretty good. I'm glad she doesn't because if she were, I would probably struggle with that today and be like, well, you like it, yeah, I like oh, it. Yeah. That's something we enjoy doing, but. She has things that she likes and I have things that I like, but the important things we come together and I try to like the things that she likes and uh, she tries somewhat to understand what a, what a icing is, but um, no, <laughs> so, but the more important thing is that Jesus is central and Christ is central over, over all that we do. And in every decision that we make, whether it was homeschooling, whether it was church, whether it was work-based, even my work, I didn't want to have a work that I was tied up behind a desk that, that my brain power was going to be uh, working for some company. I wanted to be, be able to be free to, to think about the things of God, because I still wanted to minister, but how am I going to do this with a bunch of kids at home? And so I, I had the freedom to have a job where I can... 
I can listen to things. I can do things while I'm working. And now I'm working with my kids. So I, I've, I've worked with uh, three of my kids on, on the last few years. Yeah. So those things, the, right. the Bible was central in every decision that we ever made. It was the, the most important thing. I, didn't, I couldn't care less about culture. I couldn't care less that I was an American. I just, that can all go pound sand. I just, honestly, I couldn't care less what people were doing out there. I was going to do what God wanted us to do. And I think Sarah was on board. She was like, this is going to be an adventure. So and it has been, it has been. So, uh, I'm glad she, she, she thinks that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, talking to you guys, it's hard to end this, but I think I got two questions, but one of them is I was going to, it's sort of the negative about, you know, if you had any regrets, but I think a positive way to put it would be, what would you say to a couple just starting out now? Oh, wow. That is what advice that is. That's a a whole episode in itself right there. I I mean, we, we actually do talk to a lot of, uh, young couples. I was supposed to be talking to one right now, but, um, the, uh, he didn't call at five. I gave him a chance, man, Jared, if you're Uh, listening, I didn't mean to ignore you, but, uh, you'll hear this tomorrow, but I'll come, I'll give him a call. But no, my, my passion is for young people, the the young married couples, because I see so much pain and so much, so, so much hurt. Yeah. So much hurt. Yeah uh, in relationships today. And it's just not supposed to be that way. God did not design it to be, I shouldn't say he didn't design to be difficult. There is difficulties in marriage. It kind of brings out those things that we have to work out in our life, but it is supposed to be a joy. It's supposed to be a wonderful thing. And so I want these young people to realize that, wow, this can be a blessing. Marriage can be a blessing. Children can be a blessing. Uh, just living your life can actually be a blessing. So what would we say, what would you say, babe, to these up-and-coming young couples? That's, that it's a really big question. Yeah, and you had about, I, I, I paused yeah. for a little I, bit. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's like, how do you condense everything you'd want to say into like, you know, a couple sentences? But... I think, I don't know, for us, I find that it's just really not that hard. I think so many people make it sound like it's just going to be this. Well, that's not good advice for young people because they're going to find out that it is going to be harder. But I'm saying if you just keep Jesus as the center, if if I love you because I love Jesus and you love me because you love Jesus and we keep him as our focus, I think it really makes everything so much easier. And you just, you have to realize that when the challenges come, that God's trying to probably work something in you and you let him, let that challenge be there and let God use it to work in you what he's trying to work in you. And he will. He does. And it does a very good job. It is tough at times, but there is things that God is working in our life. And Sarah wants me to work on this book. I have this idea of the book and it, that would be, it would be the answer in there, it but, the uh, answer. I don't want to give it away right now. Yeah, but we should oh, yeah, write that book. Mm. Right. That, right there's, that book. there's a teaser right there. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's coming next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not going to write it that soon. Well, w- w- I guess maybe, it, maybe would you put it this way to, to, for a young couple, turn off the TV and just spend time with each other? Yeah. Well, so uh, you, you, you want to be realistic and you don't just right. want to 
tell everyone to do exactly what you did. And, and you don't want to be that person that just gives advice through the lens that you lived your life. That is what we did. We... When, because when, we didn't have anything oh, else. Right. It was like we turned <laughs> right. off the TV. We didn't have a TV. So. Well, that is <laughs> part of it. Sort we, of we, happened. We really <laughs> didn't want a TV in the house to begin with. But we didn't have anything in the house either. We didn't have a stereo. We just had my guitar and some books. And, and each other. Yeah, we did. And uh, that's why seven yeah. kids came real quickly. And uh, so <laughs> we had books that we would, we would discuss these issues. We, we really wanted to formulate our plan of who we were in those first few years. And we made a lot of mistakes. Uh, we ended up changing a lot of it eventually, but we wanted to get that foundation down. And I think we did pretty good with, the, with that foundation. And we would just sit there and sing together and play music. And we didn't even have, we had so many CDs, but we didn't have a stereo. And uh, we didn't have a TV. We didn't have, we had, we had nothing. We had couches that we pulled out of the garbage that smelled like smoke. And we were like, this is terrible. <laughs> so uh, we didn't have anything. But to, to tell people, yeah, just to turn off the TV and uh, just spend time with each other, that's fine. Uh, but that could actually be a negative thing, too, because if you spend too much time together, you might hate them. Uh, I don't know, but uh, no, hopefully not. Well, but more like if you're doing it as a rule, that's like when you right. try to start putting rules, say, okay, we're not going to have TV. We're not going to have this. Like we, we lived how we lived, but not because we set up rules for us that we can't do certain things. We no, just... no, because we ended, we ended up getting a TV, but we've never had cable in the house. We right. wanted to control some of the videos that actually came in. So we weren't anti-TV. It's just you didn't want a TV in the house. And we were already at a school that didn't allow us. And I was like, eh, whatever, I'm, I'm just focused on ministry and Jesus. And, and I'm actually kind of glad we did that because I might've been that guy just sitting there watching sports center all night long. And then we would only have three kids. And so, yeah. <laughs> so no, the, the, um, uh, I, so I don't know. I, it's hard to, when, when you, when you answer a question like that, I don't want to answer it through my viewpoint right. because that's kind of dangerous sometimes that you have to do it my way but i do think that there is something to that where you just churn off everything these days so this is the difference though larry is that we didn't we weren't raised with cell phones and right. Right. Yeah. The, the, the internet really we didn't get the internet in our house until uh, i think abigail was born maybe at Rebecca. Yeah, but when you say internet, you're talking about like high speed internet. Start now, right. and in a half hour, you might be able to get to your first page. <laughs> yes, we had a, yeah, we, it was dial up. So, yeah, we weren't streaming. Let's just yeah. put it that way. But the, the distractions that people face these days, that young people face with Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, just being online, that is a real issue. I mean, that is something yeah. I see as a real problem. And I know that there are probably some out there that they, they have a, a presence online, uh, whatever you want to call it, and they can, they can manage it. But I think that's a very dangerous road to go down when you have five little ones and you're so focused on Facebook, you're so focused on wanting to help others, which is a good thing to do, but those kids are kind of your priority. And we can so easily be, we trick ourselves into thinking that, we can do two things at once. No, you're focused on one thing. And if you're constantly focused on your phone, like, like I am, and, and Sarah's trying to get me to be less focused, she just hit me. But, no, 
But no, but seriously, it's it's something that can creep in really subtly. And if you're a young person these days, it is just something you were raised with. Right. We you weren't don't know even anything else. We right. we weren't raised with that. So it's kind of crept in our lives and, and I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I, I like having my maps on my phone, listening to podcasts and, uh, you know, just like anybody else, I can talk and text and, and keep up on what's going on in Afghanistan. And, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, that's, that's the huge challenge. And that I don't know about because we, I guess you could compare it to like cable TV, I guess. Yeah. And the other thing yeah. is we didn't have any friends, so we lost all our friends. And, right. and so we go to her parents' house a lot. That was it. Cause they made us free meals and, uh, <laughs> we were poor, we, so. we were dirt poor. uh, but we just hung out a lot and talked a whole bunch. I mean, yeah. I just, I, I can't. So yes, if you, if I'm viewing it through my lens, I would say, yes, just turn off everything and just talk to each other. But realistically, I don't know if that's everybody's personality and especially guys that's, I'm a talker. Most guys aren't talkers, uh, but they did talk to their wife at some point to, uh, yeah. show how awesome yeah. of a guy they were. <laughs> oh, last thing I promise, but I think I would be, I did something important if we didn't cover this topic. Oh boy. This is the fifth, fifth annual, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Mississippi Shindig? Yeah, Mississippi Shindig. Okay. The Deep South Shindig, but I think he changed it. Or anyway. Yeah. The family camp. Uh, what, how, how did you get, what made you decide to, to host this on your family? Or I guess, I don't was it your idea, Mike, or was it, Sarah, was it your idea? Come on, man. You know me. It wasn't my idea at all. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope. That was definitely Sarah's idea. I can't believe you would say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, because you said that you liked the idea of it. And I'm like, so if you'd really like, you would really want to do this. Cause of course I don't want to just okay, come up with so, so yeah. Okay. The truth is, so we've been participating in all these other events, these other shindigs that were going on around the country. Uh, the pearls put it on a big time where we would go and there's 2000 people there and you really didn't get to know anybody and they stopped doing that. And they would just say, other people do it and we'll come speak. And I'm like, well, that's cheesy, but that's cool. And uh, <laughs> so we went to different places and we, we enjoyed the shindigs. We, we liked the other camps because it's a bunch of like-minded people getting together. And to be quite honest, in our area, we, it just the pool wasn't very big. It, it, was, it, was, it was a pool. It was like a bathtub. And we realized our kids were getting older and they needed to see other Christians and other believers, like-minded believers. And so we started going to all these different camps and different events and meeting people, meeting and collecting families, basically, is the way yeah. I put it. Yeah. And so yeah. one year at the Texas Shindig, uh, we, we enjoyed the Shindig. They, they do some dancing there. We don't like the dancing. And we just talked to other people like, well, what if we did one without dancing? And I said, well, that's cool. I think we could do that. But when I say that, <laughs> it's not like I mean it. Uh, but Sarah <laughs> took it and ran with it. And so she kind of came up with a plan. Well, because I knew that it was something you wanted to do, but you kind of, you threw it out there and then you're like, but we could never do it. Nobody would come. And so we thought, well, 
Let's try. So the kids and I got on the internet. We were searching for camps and. Well, no, even before that, your wife, Larry, uh, kind of really got it started. Uh, she's a troublemaker, but, uh, but that's fine. It's a troublemaker in a good way, but no, Pam wanted us to kind of like what we did to the Scoggins. Uh, we said, Hey, Pam said, why don't you guys just invite, I don't know, about 10 families that are pretty close to us to your house and just have a, a, a really mini event. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, maybe, maybe not. I don't know about my house. And so we kind of, at that well, point, that's where we said, that's not happening at our house. It's just, it's just too was much. Was that be- before, before or after Mark wanted to do the crawfish boil at your house? Oh, that was, this is way before. Yeah, that was before. Okay. Yeah, because the crawfish okay. boil came after uh, one of the shindigs, but no, this is this was kind of uh, just kind of her Pam's idea that we should just all come to my house, and I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> but then as we thought about it, I'm like, we can't. No, everyone would sink in our front yard if they parked here, and it's just not going to oh, work. That's true. Yeah. So we started looking at camps. Right. We tried looking nearby for, for just down things the down the road and right. thought, okay, we can meet there. And then, um, we Start went, looking. we went and toured them and it was just like, oh, wow. This well, if totally we're going to do this, then we work. might as well do it big time. And right. so then they started really looking for bigger camps. Yeah. So we searched and searched and found this one in Mississippi and they were willing to work with us with the large families, the, the families with a lot of kids to try to put a cap on it. So it wouldn't, it could be affordable because a lot of the right. camps, they want to charge per person and it just makes it very expensive. Just, and yeah, and it is kind of yeah. expensive. And I don't know if people are still listening by this point because it probably just like, eh, okay, their life's boring. Uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, we've, this is the fifth year and it's Mississippi shindig.com. Uh, for more information, it's pretty much filled. So you can't register anymore if you haven't registered yet. <laughs> Sorry. It's filled up already? Pretty much. There's a couple places, wow. but we stopped the registration because we don't want to overbook. So oh, yeah. not everybody's paid yet, but uh, so we'll, it's typical every year we have a waiting list. Yeah. And uh, so it's just a, a good old fun event where homeschool families get together. Not everybody home churches, but that's fine. Uh, they have definitely different yeah. ideas about it. And we just come together and, and it's all centered around Jesus. And that's kind of the, the, the main point. Yeah. And I, I know that I'm probably going to be biased, but it's true. We, Cause we went to, you know, you mentioned Texas. We went to a couple of those with you guys. And then there's one here in Florida, mm-hmm. but you guys, the one I like the one you guys do the best. It's, it's well, that's you favorite. haven't been to South Dakota, though. That's why. No. <laughs> oh well, that's true. And <laughs> or Pennsylvania, maybe they're, they hopefully they're having a good time. Or up Ohio. There. What about Ohio? Well, they don't call it. A, it's, well, a, it's a family camp. I, yeah, I would put your the Mississippi Shindig top. That that I haven't been to one that beats that one. Well, that's nice. But then the, the Ohio would be second. Okay. It's not a close second, but second. So yeah, the only thing I don't like about the Ohio is just there's no, no cabins, <laughs> and so yeah. you got to take. Well, camp. yeah, that's uh, yeah. Or stay with the, the blooms, you know, there. one of those things. So, uh, 
but no, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, you know, we've talked to Andrew about that. His, that's kind of his, he wants to make it affordable, which is very good. I want to make it affordable too. And when you have a camp like ours, right. it is, it's kind of expensive, but if you just tent camp, then you have different, it's just, it's just different. And he knows that. And they, they do a lot of the cooking. It's a lot of work. What they do is a lot of work. Right. And, uh, ours is not as much work because the camp is doing it for us. It's still a lot of work, but honestly, at this point in our fifth year, it's kind of Abigail and Jeremiah pretty much do all the work. So <laughs> we just kind of sit back and, uh, kind of plan, I guess. I don't know. We just, we brainstorm and see if other people can make it happen. So anyway. Well, it's called delegation. Well, I, I just learned how to do that last year and it worked pretty good. So I might try it again this year. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Yeah. It really has. Well, I, I hope I, the listeners th- thought this was fun and hopefully they made it through and they learned a little bit more about our history. We will be getting into some tougher issues coming in the next few, uh, next future, the, the future dates here, hopefully a little bit more theological issues. I know me and you, uh, that's kind of what we want to do is getting more into right. the theology, but, uh, we, this has been a long segment, Joshua. So why don't we, we we're going to come back and there's a couple of emails and, uh, we'll, we'll oh, answer yeah, those. Sorry, we... Yeah, it's over. This is a longer episode, but we got to get these emails in. I, I, I promised we'd get these in. So, uh, let's go ahead and, and, and stop it, and then we'll uh, we'll be right back. The Mike Charleston Podcast. The Mike Charleston Podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you'd like to be a part of the show or just make a comment, or ask a question, or whatever you want to do, uh, it's talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. It's talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org, and we can, we'll can read it on the air. We'll answer your question, read your comment. If you disagree with us, agree with us, it's all good. Talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. Thank you. We are back with our email. I was going to let the music just ride out a little bit. I was kind of grooving to that music, uh, but no, we got we got two emails. I want to I want to get here. Uh, one was from a couple weeks ago, and I didn't. It was kind of a personal, but I I wanted to read his first one just to pump our tires a little bit here, Larry. Uh, he's like, Mike, I really enjoy your recent podcast on the church. You have a much needed voice to balance this world of mediocre church. Keep up the good work, and I will email in with some questions, comments in the future when I have more time, and then he hopes to see us soon. Um, so here's a question I just got in before the show started, and I, we, we will talk about it a little bit. We don't have that much time, uh, but this was from Moose. Moose is from Indiana, and we'll just refer him to him as Moose. I know Moose. And uh, so he says, hello, Mr. Charleston. So you can already tell it's not a dad. Um, which, by the way, most of our listeners uh, on these analytics that you have, most of our listeners are 18 to 22. What do you think about that? That's crazy. Wow. So maybe we should I do wouldn't have guessed that. And, and the most popular podcasts are the ones on dating and courting. So <laughs> go figure. Um, so anyway, he's got a question here. He's... Uh, Hello, Mr. Charleston. I have a question that I would like to hear your opinion on. Well, that's what we're here for. Uh, no. Should we treat Sunday like the Jews treated and still treat their Sabbath? 
many Christians today treat Sunday like it's God's holy day, and we shouldn't do any work on Sunday. We should simply relax. If you're a Baptist, you should probably take a nap and for the most part do nothing. Now, I'm not against a good Saturday afternoon nap, but the, the, the thought process that doing anything but nothing on Sunday, doing anything but nothing on Sunday is a sin seems rather unbiblical. What's your opinion? And that was from Moose. So, Larry, what do you think? <laughs> you want me to go first, huh? Well, sure, why not? You know, you were, you were, it's yeah. time for me to ask you a question. What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you read the book of Galatians, and, you know, I, I don't think as Christians, I agree, it would be nice to have a day just to relax a bit, but I, I personally like I three days. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to have one, why not two or three? But, uh, you yep, know. that's the right answer. Not three days. days. <laughs> 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 no, but I I just don't find that in the Scripture. First of all, if you're going to keep it as a Sabbath, if you go look at the original intent of the Sabbath, you were to stay home. Right. And you weren't even to collect firewood. If you didn't collect firewood, to cook your food, food or keep yourself warm the day before, well, yeah, then love. too bad for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this idea of going to church, and and I know, growing up as a kid, I always thought it was funny that the one Baptist school that we went to, working on Sunday was akin to the unpardonable sin. Right. No. No. They they had but the... they had no problem. What's that? Well, they had the, what was it called? The the blue laws or something like yeah, that? Blue the blue light laws, laws or whatever it was where you couldn't work on Sunday. They couldn't even sell, uh, they couldn't even sell alcohol on certain days. Uh, it was just kind of, kind of weird that they would yeah. have these, I mean, look, religion is religion and it makes sense that these yeah. things kind of crept in. In our, in our, what we did, we used to meet on Friday. We just yeah. met on Friday just because that was kind of the, we kind of wanted our weekends and to relax and everyone was getting right. off of work for Friday. And so I was like, well, let's just meet Friday night. Then it kind of moved to Saturday, not because mm-hmm. we're Sabbath keepers, but Saturday worked out fine, but not for me because I work Saturdays <laughs> and it was yeah. like, I get off work <laughs> and have to hurry up and get ready to have a meeting at our house. And uh, so then it eventually just, just because Sunday works so well for everyone, because we do have, everyone has Sunday off, like, except for the restaurant workers and, um, right. <laughs> you, you know, all that. So we, we were kind of talking about this before the show and, uh, cause I wanted to at least give you a heads up that this was the email coming. And the funny thing is we are hypocrites when it comes to this, cause we will go oh, to yeah. church and we will, uh, get done with our, our, uh, the service and we'll go out to eat. We're forcing all those people at the restaurant to work on Sunday, even though we think right. it's, it's, it's wrong to do that, but yet we're forcing them. Why wouldn't we just go home and make our own meals? And, and, uh, if everyone did that, there wouldn't be work for them to do and everyone would have to stay home and, and not, not work on Sunday. Now, look, the, the concept of, of God resting, he he rested. That's in Genesis, where in six days he made the the earth, and then the seventh day he rested. So that's where the concept of the Sabbath comes from, right? 
the, right. the that the, that the Sabbath was for man and not for God. It was designed for man. Right. So the concept is there that now all the stuff that goes along with the Sabbath, all the like you said, the firewood and preparing a meal so you didn't have to cook on it. That 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 came later. That was part of the law, but the the concept of rest is not a bad concept. Like I said, I'm all for a three day weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, why not? But we do two days in America, Saturday and Sunday, usually, or, or it depends on your work schedule, but I get it. I mean, so to feel condemned though, to go mow your lawn on a Sunday is kind of silly. We'll sit and watch football on Sunday and watch those guys work really hard but uh come on man watching football that's very spiritual and uh so it's supposed to be a day if you're really keeping the sabbath to think nothing but thoughts of god and and sing praises and prayers and do absolutely nothing if you if you go back in the old testament and look what was actually done on the sabbath it's it's tough it is uh it's um it's it's hard to keep and so all yeah. these people who are like, well, it's, it's, our, it's our Christian Sabbath. Well, there's no such thing as a Christian Sabbath. It makes no sense. <laughs> but it's, it's utter nonsense to say that. You either have a Sabbath or you don't. Now, if you're going to keep the Sabbath, then keep the Sabbath, you know. Yeah. Um, now, if you want to just say, well, the concept of rest, and I get that, and, and I practice that. I, I want to rest uh, depending on... I think I rest too much, so that's not Saturday and su- Sunday is really not really a day of rest, but it is kind of a day of rest. We we have people come over. Uh, I hardly ever move, so we we sit and talk and we walk around. We eat and we fellowship. We it's it's a good time, but I'm not like I'm not working really. So am I keeping the Sabbath? No, but I am resting. This is a a, a day of to enjoy with other people. And so the concept I think is in the Bible. And I do think the concept right. itself is biblical. Um, but it's just a day of rest called a day of rest. We, our bodies need rest. The, the land needs rest. That's actually a, a, right. a concept too, that we've neglected in treating our lands very poorly and our land needs uh, some rest. So rest is not a bad thing. Uh, but if you want to call it Sabbath, We've got problems because it's the Sabbath is very specific in what it looks like. Well, that, and it's not on Sunday. And just to be to be legalistic about it, you sort of miss the whole point. But Jesus said, "Remember, the Pharisees were accusing him of, you know, your disciples are plucking the corn on the Sabbath." Right. And he said, "I am the Lord of the Sabbath." Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that's what Paul said in Galatians about, you know, not honoring one day above another. We're, yep. We don't need to be legalistic about it. And one, we're not Jews. Right. So, at least I don't think Sabbath I am. Was for the Jews. Right. Yeah, the, 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 I, I never did do that DNA thing, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe I do have some Jewish heritage. I, I doubt sure. it. But anyway, uh, but. Uh, just looking at you, I don't think so, but, um, I, I would be surprised. Um, but yeah, that's right. The, the Sabbath is, 
it's a con- kind of a controversial issue, and maybe we should just talk yeah. about that in a whole separate episode. But we have people we know who tried to keep the Sabbath or the spirit of the Sabbath. And, and I get the spirit of the Sabbath. Like I said, if you're just wanting a day of rest, but they won't, they take it that seriously where, no, 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 I can't do anything because it'll displease God. And I'm like, well, that's where even Jesus was saying that, like, if you had a, a mule or a, what was it, a mule that would fall into the ditch, would you not take yeah. it out, you know? And, and so for me to heal on the Sabbath, what's, what's wrong with that? And now that was my version, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so the, um, you know, it's, it was, it was created for man so that we could, you know, and honestly today it's, it's like when you look at back at the, the Israelites and the Jewish system, like everything was done by rote. You, you had things that you had to do. You, you, you prayed at certain times, you said certain prayers, very repetitive, very, you knew what to do, right? You right. just did your duty. It wasn't really from the heart. Now, there was people who probably did from the heart. I'm not doubting that. But it was just as long as you do your duties. and But the heart didn't necessarily have to be involved. Well, now that we're, we're, we're Holy Spirit-filled Christians, the, the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. And that, that burning desire to just do what God wants, to, to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And that is evident in our life all the time. It's not just a Sabbath thing. It's not just a Sunday thing, uh, which is not the Sabbath. It's Saturday. But that's a whole other issue. And so you want to keep it on Sunday. You're just making up stuff. It, it's just you're just pulling things out of thin air and spiritualizing things and making yourself sound more spiritual than you are. Because if you want to keep the Sabbath, at least the seventh day Adventists, at least they're, they're accurate and they're keeping it on Saturday and uh, they're trying to keep it. But uh, it's, it's just, it's kind of silly for us to call it the Christian Sabbath and, and, and not do anything, but no, Andrew, was it Andrew? No, it was the moose, moose, Uh, moose. Um, Honestly, yes, it's not very biblical to feel condemned to, to work or do something on Sunday. But having said that, I would suggest you take a day off. Actually, Mike says take two days off. So what's, <laughs> yeah, take two days off. If you're married, take three days off. And uh, yeah. if you're newly married, take a year off. And uh, that's, that's pretty right. biblical. So uh, enjoy your wife for a year and then you can go to work. So anyway. Anyway, I think that that's uh, unless you had any other comments about the Sabbath, did Sarah didn't say anything. She's she's out. Right. She's like, "No, she nope, nope, nope." Yeah. So I'll just mute her there. And uh, So, anyway, anything else you wanted to say, Larry, before we get out of here? This was a longer episode. I enjoyed it. It's uh it was a little different. If uh, the listeners out there made it through to the very end, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully you got to know right. us a little bit better. And uh, Larry's actually a pretty good interviewer, so maybe I should use you for the future interviewers interviews. <laughs> it was fun. It there was fun. I knew some of the things at the beginning would be kind of fun to talk about. So oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like fun. to I have to think of some questions for you sometime, like what's your favorite pizza topping or something and you know there what's your favorite pizza uh, topping it would be more like what is not my favorite because wow that you know you sound like me 
I know. Well, I and I I have tried anchovies. I love anchovies. Anchovies are awesome. They're not bad, but they're so salty. I know. Wow, it's awesome. That's crazy. But uh, other than that, not pineapple. Okay, you know what? Pizza. You know what I like is the mufalada pizza you guys make. Oh, that is good. Most people have no idea what a mufalada is, but that is. I know. We tried to make that one time. The very first time we did it, it's olive olive salad which is very oily and we cooked it and oil went underneath it and it basically fried the pizza. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> but so we learned to good. drain the oil and it's actually very good. So if you know what a mufalata yeah. is, try a mufalata pizza. It is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. So you're not supposed to be talking about pizza yeah. though, man. You're killing me. I know. So <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> I, d- I did. I did. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, all right, Joshua, we are, we're at the end of the show. So why don't you go ahead and uh, get us out of here? Uh, Thank you for Larry and Sarah for joining us today. And that'll be it for today. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Mike Charleston podcast.